Welcome to the Dentistries for Kids podcast. We're Angelina and Cameron, and we love candy. Do you all love candy? We've learned how to enjoy all the candy we want without getting cavities or getting in trouble with our dentist. Want to learn our magic? Join us to discover how to enjoy sweets and have nice, bright, clean, shiny white teeth. Let's go. Welcome to the Dentistry for Kids podcast. This is Angelina here today. Uh, We have a very special guest, Dr. Mendenhall. She played competitive doctor and first went to the Utah Valley University at Utah, where she obtained her Associate of Art in 2004. She then went on to Dixie State College and for her Bachelor of Applied Science Dental Hygiene and has more recently obtained her Doctor of Dental Medicine at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. She has done research on APV's effects on cells and was rewarded the Endodontic Club Achievement Award at the UNLV Dental School of Dental Medicine, where she completed 10 plus molar endodontic cases. She has worked in a variety of places, such as Nevada, Utah, Peru, and Ecuador. We're so excited to have you here today. How are you feeling? Really good, really good. It's good to be here. Yeah, no, we're great to have you here too. So I just wanted to start off with, how did you get introduced to dentistry? Yeah, initially I was just trying to kind of have a plan for when I went to college and I had a cousin who was a dental hygienist. And so she introduced me to the field through dental hygiene. And I just knew that I wanted to do healthcare. I knew I wanted to work with patients and things like that. And so when the college that I was going to for soccer, I found out they had a dental hygiene program. And so from then that kind of picked my path to become a hygienist. Yeah, and I loved it. I loved being a hygienist. I practiced for eight years. You get like a special patient relationship when you're a hygienist, just because you're in the chair with them the whole time, unlike the dentist where you're in and out of each room. But as I was working, I just realized I wanted more. I wanted to treat patients in more depth. I wanted to have a wider range of practices that I could offer patients. So that's when I decided to go back to dental school. Oh, I see. Was there any like particular reason you chose UNLV or was it just like you know what? It was financially, I was able to be a resident in UNLV or a resident at the University of Utah. So those were kind of my two top choices. Oh, I see. I and see. I'm initially from Las Vegas. So I had some roots here too. So, oh, did you move from Las Vegas to Utah or was it like? Yeah. Yeah. I grew up here in Vegas and then I did a lot of my schooling in Utah. Uh-huh. but then came back for dental school. Oh, I see. I don't know why. I just thought you grew up in Utah for some reason. <laughs> well, there's a lot of Utah in the history, so I can understand where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like, because I know you've worked in a lot of places, such as like Peru, Ecuador, um, Nevada, and Utah. So how was that? And like, what are some of the differences you see across regions? Yeah, so for my experience in Peru and Ecuador, it was mostly through humanitarian projects that were based around dentistry. So we would go to one was the Galapagos Islands, and we offered um, basically a free clinic for patients. There was a few dentists, and I was there as a hygienist at that time, but they would wait in line and basically get as much treatment as they could that day, or if there was any 
emergency treatment, we would try to do that at that time. And I really enjoyed it. And the, and in Peru, it was like a small community that needed some dental care. Um, the one thing I did take note of is I think it's great to offer your services as a medical provider, especially when you offer something like surgeries or things that they don't have access to. You just have to keep in mind that you can't, it's not that great to come in and then leave. You know, it's really important to come in and leave um, education, leave hygiene things, leave something that they can maintain instead of just, uh, of course, like those emergency surgeries are needed. I just think there's another step to it of providing the education and, and home care. I see. And I know we have a lot of young listeners here. So are there any like resources um, or like YouTube channels or books that you would recommend them to read to kind of get more understanding? Of home care or traveling abroad? Uh, just of like of healthcare in general, Um, just like the education you were addressing. Yeah, yeah. You know what? At the time, I, I mostly went through like my counselors in order to know the path like education wise. But as far as hygiene, I like I don't think there is a ton of great information out there on oral hygiene. They uh, talk to your hygienist, ask your dentist, like have them show you physically what you need to be doing to take care of your teeth. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. And I know that you've had experience with molar endodontic cases. Could you explain mm -hmm. what that is and why it's important? Yeah, um, Emil is a dentin, and the dentin has little tubules that extend to the pulp of the tooth. And the pulp has your blood supply and your nerves. So if decay gets to the pulp of the tooth, what it does is it follows the canals down and affects your bone. And in that case, the only way to save the tooth and to not have infection in your bone is to have a root canal. Um, as far as why molar is specific compared to the other teeth is just the fact that their root anatomy is so unpredictable. It can have, you know, from three canals to five canals. And so I will do molar endo depending on how straightforward the x-ray is. But I'm also not afraid to refer to an endodontist because as a general dentist, you kind of get to be the quarterback for your patient. If there's certain procedures that, that you don't feel comfortable doing or you feel like a specialist would do better, then you can refer them for those things. So it depends on, for me as a general dentist, it depends on the case on which endos I do or which extractions I do or which implants I do. Are there um, tips you would have to help like minimize the number of cases or is it just more of a like genetic thing the, oh whether or not you need a root canal um yeah I guess or just like maintaining what's it called like prevention uh, oh, okay uh preventatively I mean the biggest it's the like oldest dental quote in the book, like only floss the teeth you want to keep. Like <laughs> so many things, uh, so many disease processes start in the adolescent years. So like between 10 and 22, that's where a lot of the disease process starts as far as getting cavities between your teeth. So just making sure you're, you're daily and um, technique is important. Like 
to hold the floss against the tooth and not just like move it up and down real fast. <laughs> but um, yeah, pre prevention wise, daily brushing and flossing, it kind of sounds silly, but. <laughs> no, thank you for sharing. Um, <laughs> like going along this path, what do you think are some of the common misconceptions about like oral care and stuff like that? The common misconceptions is when patients feel like if their parents had bad teeth, that they're going to have bad teeth. Because yes, like genetics does determine the acidity of our saliva and water fluoridation determines like how much acid our teeth can withstand before getting decay in general. And so those are some factors that come into play, but if you're physically removing the plaque off your teeth, then that biofilm doesn't progress to the point of causing disease. Oh, I see. But. I know as a dentist, um, you mentioned that one of your top priorities is just helping patients experience comfort. What's your secret to making patients or even kids feel comfortable in your chair? I'm up front with them. Like, I don't try to hide the needle. I don't try to like surprise them or anything. I ask them up front, like, do you prefer to know what's going on? Or do you prefer me to not say anything, you know? And then they can tell me their communication style. Let me see. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Have you like, what's it called? Witness a lot of scared kids. Um, And if you have, like, what are some of the, advice you would give to kids to help calm their nerves I would have them or just suggest that they communicate what they're feeling or like what they're scared about so that it can actually be uh, talked about or addressed and not just like brushed over mm. um and then also always just like breathe because <laughs> in the dental chair uh -huh. I mean think about it we lay the patient back we tell them to open their mouth we're using sharp instruments and burrs so in general the patient's going to be tense so just remembering to breathe too oh I see thank you thank you for sharing <laughs> um and then I know like as a dental hygienist you're supposed to have like a lot of um, cleaning and everything. How often do you suggest your patients to get their cleaning done? Um, for every six months is a good time. If you have um, gum disease, then that's when you're looking at like every three months. Oh, I see. I see. Or if you're more prone to get gum disease, then you might do every three months just preventatively. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. And yeah. then I know you mentioned flossing before. Um, but like, obviously with your work experience, you've done a great job of helping patients maintain oral care. What are some of your top tips for kids to keep their teeth healthy and strong? My top tips, I guess I would explain it as plaque is like a sticky substance that's made up of carbohydrates, bacteria, and your saliva. And you would think that maybe you could swish it off or something like that, but it can't be removed unless it's mechanically disrupted. And by mechanically disrupted, I mean the physical bristles of your toothbrush or the physical flossing going in between. So just picture when you're brushing and flossing, just making sure that you're getting each surface. Like I start in the back and then slowly picture getting each tooth as I go around just because if you're not physically touching the tooth with those bristles, then it's not going to come off. 
Ooh, thank you for sharing. And I know like oftentimes when I go to the store, uh, when I rent out like toothpaste or like I'm getting a toothbrush, there's a lot of different options. Do you suggest any brand or any ingredients to look out for? I always, I prefer soft bristled toothbrushes just because you can do some damage with the medium and the hard bristles with your gum tissue. And then as far as active ingredients on toothpaste, um, it's really good to have a topical fluoride. So like a sodium fluoride or a stannous fluoride in the toothpaste is good to help prevent cavities. Basically your teeth decay at an acidity of about, you know, the pH scale. Mm -hmm, yes. Your teeth decay at about an acidity of 5.5. If you have fluoride, you know, while your teeth are developing, it lowers the amount you can withstand more acid before getting decay. So that is the benefit of topical fluoride. Mm, I see. And then I know like there's a lot of acidic drinks such as like soda and everything like that. Would mm -hmm. you recommend kids to sort of stay away for it? from it or like drink in moderation? Yeah, the, the way that your mouth works is it takes about 20 minutes for your saliva to neutralize your mouth. Mm -hmm. So if you are sipping on a soda throughout the whole day, every, you know, every 15 minutes, you're reintroducing that acidic environment because you're taking another sip, taking another sip. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and enjoy your soda, but then, you know, be done with it, then have water or like, wait, let your mouth neutralize and let it be the environment it's supposed to be. So it's like with the M&Ms diet wise, someone might say like, eat one M&M every 30 minutes, but teeth wise, it'd be better for you to have your M&Ms and then let your mouth neutralize and not be exposed to that environment again. Ooh, I see. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. And I do you have any like fun dental facts that you think kids might find interesting or surprising. I learned recently that a snail has 2,760 teeth. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I was thinking a cool idea for an office would be to have like each room feature a different animal and the facts about their teeth. Oh, wait, actually, I think that's cute. Yeah, right? <laughs> I think their whole their whole bottom, their whole foot is considered their stomach and so it's all lined by these little teeth that they call ranulas. Oh, wait, I actually didn't know that. <laughs> interesting. Oh <my> <laughs> kind of nerdy, but <laughs> <laughs> And um like I know um some kids might be interested in dentistry out there. So what do you describe a typical day is as a dentist or even as a dental hygienist? Yeah, no, as a dentist, um, the typical day is you have usually, I usually do two chairs. So you have two chairs with your assistants and they kind of alternate treatment throughout the day, whether you're doing a crown or some fillings for a patient or extractions and they're alternated. And then you'll also have your hygiene chairs where you'll need to go to do exams. So you're kind of, um, you're not jumping around a lot. I don't feel like 
rushed or anything in the practice that I'm in. But yeah, you're basically alternating between doing treatment on patients like fillings and crowns. Um, in general dentistry, that's kind of like the bread and butter. And then uh, you'll also be doing exams on the hygiene patients. Oh, I see. And they usually run like an eight hour day. And um, it's common for some dentists to work four days a week. Oh, I see. Just because it's hard on your back. Oh, you get a lot of back problems from bending over. <laughs> bending over, like the ergonomics is really important, but. Do you get any massages for it or is it just like? Yeah, I I had like, there was a, t I don't know. I think it's important to get frequent massages when you're in a profession that you're bent over, you know. Oh, for sure. And um, I know like I'm kind of jumping around right now, but um, like one of the things, questions that I've kind of popped in my mind was that you used to be like a student athlete. Um, so I was just wondering, like, how you balance school while having to, like, play soccer um, and, like, do all your extracurricular activities at the same time? Yeah, I don't know if I was the best at managing it. You know, I sometimes I would be up late doing assignments or, you know, not. But um, I I feel like it's just one of those things where you have the responsibility and then you rise to it, oh. you know, and that probably sounds like a bunch of <laughs> hoodoo, <laughs> uh -huh. but no, I think just managing your, you, your practice schedule is set every day and you have like your days of travel already. And so it's just managing that time for exams or papers and then still fulfilling your athletic responsibilities. So definitely like, just calendar and planning oh I see no that's great no thank you for sharing do you use like you know like any like um google calendar have you heard of it? like yeah I yeah sometimes I still I I mostly use my my phone calendar and I also use like reminders for immediate things that I know I need to pay attention to right away and then, um, yeah, that's what I use. <laughs> what do you use? Oh, I I also use um the calendar, but like I had I downloaded this app called Notion, uh -huh. and, like, and you can also have a calendar, but it makes it aesthetic. So it's like nice. I don't know. It, it it's pleasing to look at, but it helps. Um, for sure, I know that. And then I guess um, we're about to conclude, um, but what advice do you want to give to aspiring dentists? Yeah, I would say uh, like stick to it. Don't give up because it can be really daunting with the prerequisite courses that they require. And you can get caught up in wanting to make sure you get an A in every course or you get this high score on the exam. But really what's important is that you complete what you're, what they're requiring you to complete. So don't get, don't beat up on yourself if, you know, you get a lower grade in a course, just keep moving forward and, and, and don't, you know, compare to other students, just keep moving forward on your own goals. Ooh, I see. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you so much for coming today. And 
that will wrap up the episode but i'm so grateful that we got to talk today um and you got to share your journey yeah. thank you very much <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Dentistry for Kids podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share with a family member or friend. Make sure to like and subscribe to our channel too. Help us complete our mission to see bright smiles from all around the world. Thank you.